You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. And I'm here with small arm, big ass knees, tiny elbow, big ass knees. <laughs> we are filming the Benchcast live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I got my cold brew coffee over here. I went over to Starbucks this morning, and I was surprised as shit to see that there was no one in the drive-through line. School um, is over officially. Do you think that's what it is? That has to be it. There was no one in the drive-through line. I mean, it was eight, eight something. That's still kind of early. Picks up around ten, but I'll tell you, my Starbucks drive-through, that thing gets packed out. And I don't know, if people are just buying a lot of Sammies or whatnot. I hate when they do that. They order a shit ton, they buy a lot of Sammies. Takes a while to cook, and then you're freaking in the line for like twenty, thirty minutes. It's like the takes away the whole point of an actual drive-through. Now, do you use that app ordering thing at all? I saw a guy come in today. He just grabs his stuff and leaves. I always use the app. I almost exclusively use the app. I think the app's the way to go if you're going to do anything with Starbucks now. Because the guy just ran in there, grabbed the shit, and left. And I'm sitting around waiting for my Sammy to be made. So here's the real reason to use the app. Because orders on the app bypass orders online. They get first priority. See, that? well, I think drive through should get first priority. Post is mad. I'm still not using the app. But I'm not good with technology. you got to understand. I'm old. I'm trying to catch up. You, if you don't use the app, you at least have to have a card linked to the app so you keep those you have free rewards. That's the real. You're missing out. All right. Well, I'll start using that probably because I walked in today. I don't mind waiting there. It's a good environment. I don't mind waiting there. But I'm telling you, this guy just walked in, grabbed his shit, and left. Makes me feel like I'm missing out on something. For the guy who says he's not good at technology, who did all of his YouTube videos for like two years exclusively on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certain things, certain things. But I'm sitting around waiting for my cold brew. They're making like everything in the kitchen sink before they even start to make my stuff. So I'm, I guess I gotta start doing the app. But I was surprised, no line today. It was great. I knew the day was gonna be great because there was no line at Starbucks. And usually, you know, it's packed out. All right, enough of this. Let's get on with the with the business here. All right, we're on IG Live. We were talking about early struggles in training, uh, things you might have to overcome early on. You know, usually it's due to not knowing nothing, um, not being with the right people, training commercial gyms, whatever the case may be. Anyone joining us live, you're free to share your stories. We're, we're looking to uh, share some stories on air, shoot the shit a little bit. You can ask your cues, the whole deal, all right? Um, the basis of today is that nothing comes easy. And in today's world, yeah, everyone's expecting fast results with whatever it is they do. You know, like ordering at Starbucks, for for example. You know, you expect that shit fast nowadays. You don't get that fast, then you're pissed off. But everything's, like, real-time sensitive nowadays. Look at Amazon. That shit comes in next day. You can get abs in six minutes. And people are pissed if they have to wait two days. They're pissed if the, the Amazon order don't come in the exact next day. I ordered something on Saturday, and I feel blessed that it is coming in today. But that is four days. Four days. They weren't open on Sunday, so we shipped them on Monday. So I, I can't even be upset about that, you know? I don't know how people make it through a 12-week wait for a Pioneer belt or to get some. I ordered a Titan of custom briefs, and I got to wait five to six weeks. 
But see, I'm not the type of person that's going to go on there and track my order and, and, and get all pissed off and constantly track my order. When it comes to my house, it comes to my house. Relax. There's nothing you can do to make it any bit quicker. You know what I mean? So you just got to wait it out. But today's world, everyone expects fast results. And it's no different in your training. All right? Even, even for me, I'm going to give you a little bit more background how I got into the whole coaching scene and stuff like that. Some things that I struggled with initially. Um, because you don't just fall into being at a gym coaching powerlifters. It doesn't happen like that. Um, especially if you're trying to work with a targeted population. At first, you're probably not going to get your pick. You're not going to get your way, you know. So, um, you know, you got to continue to put in the work and and do all that stuff so nothing comes easy guys you know if you're trying to to get into coaching because i know a lot of lifters out there are interested in helping other lifters starting their own thing too um and i'll tell you it's not an easy deal and you got to go through many years of um you know just putting in the work without much return and you know it goes with training too right you're gonna get fast results but there's a big, big old learning curve in there as well, and you're going to struggle with some things. I talked about my first me. I didn't even warm up. Uh, I was in the other room, back room. I was like, I, I didn't want to take up people's space, so I didn't even warm up. Um, so that was my first me. And, you know, looking back on it, it was actually went pretty well, but it was, it was pretty freaking dumb. Um, but, you know, those are the types of things we're talking about today. And... No, I um, I think it's like a double-edged sword sometime when we're talking training, right? Because you, you get all these fast gains, and then everyone that I talk to that's new is always... So I was talking to someone at the meet uh, the other weekend, and um, you know she was just mentioning some of her goals and things like that. And I, I forget, I, I think she deadlifted something in the, in the twos, but... You know, I was talking to her, and then all of a sudden, um, she's mentioned that she's trying to deadlift 500 pounds. And I was like, wow, that's hefty. <laughs> that's a lot That's a lot to drop on you. <laughs> um, because it doesn't just happen like that. Because you, you experience such fast gains, you probably added maybe 100 pounds. I think they there was a, a misloaded weight and stuff. Um, but she hit the weight, which was awesome. But it was probably like an 80-pound PR. Who knows? You know what I mean? So now she's thinking, oh, well, next meet, I can do that again. And then you, you keep ha having these expectations. So it, it, like, feeds your fire too much. And if you can't, you're not mentally equipped to uh, handle that. You're going to hit a plateau hard at one point, And then there you go. You're off the face of the earth because you're not going to keep putting in the work. So I almost wish it was reversed in that it's harder at first to make initial gains. And then it becomes easier. Because I think that would make more sense or help people along a little bit. You know, don't you agree? Like if it was a little harder off the bat to actually get gains and you had to learn off the bat to put in work. Um, I think for life that would be good. I've seen so many people quit after they like exhaust like their newbie gains. Yeah, it's, that's why I don't want, like I wish there wasn't newbie gains for most people. Because <laughs> then if you had to put in work off the bat, people would probably just not try. Um, but, you know, unfortunately you do experience quick training effects and, um, it sets you up in a bad position mentally. Um, so it is what it is. 
and uh, you know people weed themselves out after a few years anyways but um, did I talk about on air last time the drop in the amount of lifters lately of meats oh yeah and did you, I and you said Wild. that and next week is heat wave mm-hmm. and I guarantee you there's gonna be like 200 people there since you're talking about it uh, that's still a one-day meeting. There's, I don't even think there's a venue, fella. <laughs> but there's there's like a monster drop-off right now in meets um, across the board. I talked a little bit on this last week, but I'm just I'm so surprised and blown away by. It. We're talking meets that used to have 120 lifters down to like 50 less lifters. One day meet, two day meets turned into one session one day, um, and that's like across the board, just wild stuff. All these meets, I'm planning to go to one in Pennsylvania a couple weeks, um, set up and stuff like that, and um, that meet is one day. That used to always be a two-day, a big session meet. That thing's down to one day. And that's across the board. Meets getting canceled. Strongman events, I guess, getting canceled. Just bad turnouts. And I'm not I'm not sure why because it went from, like, the biggest boom ever to the biggest drop-off ever. And I don't know. I, I think it has a lot to do with a lot of people got into it when they did. And now all of a sudden... Um, maybe they're experiencing that plateau, that struggle, and now they're they're out. I, I guarantee some other sport is exploding though. It could be. I think could it's be just, that we don't really know about. I think just people are just riding waves of popularity and just something else is going in right to the now. next thing. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, but whatever it is, it's pretty wild, guys. I touched on it a little bit last podcast. I go back check that out. What we talk about last week? That was a good one. We had some good ones. We shared, uh, I like the one, we gave you a lot of tips. Two podcasts ago, guys. Go check that out. iTunes, all that. Getting Leave us stronger a review. Raw. I appreciate that. Yeah, we talked about <clears throat> getting stronger raw, something you should be doing last week. And then we had one that was a bunch of tips on, on um, you know, a bunch of stuff. It was good. It was good shit. We've been dropping some good shit lately, I think, Elvis. I think the people would agree. We've been dropping some good shit lately. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, guys, again, share your stories about your struggles. Um, if you're tuning in and whatnot, so I'm going to touch on coaching back in the day. So going through college and whatnot, um, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I was going there for exercise science, you know, thought that'd be a cool thing. I was into, you know, the gym and, and this and that, but I didn't know what I, I wanted to do. You know, I had an idea, you know, you kind of go into coaching or something, but other, I didn't really know what specifically, you know, kind of like most people. And, um, well, I eventually decided, you know, I wanted to get into coaching, doing the whole strength and conditioning stuff. And um, that was about, like, my last year of college. I get my shit together real quick. So doing interns, this and that. But early on, um, you know, I always kind of wanted to start my own brand, and I would... I would do things, you know, like Benarakis Fitness, uh, made shirts for that and stuff like that. You know, you take your last name, you throw something at the end of it, that whole deal. That just kind of seemed to be what everyone did. And then, um, you know, I had a gym um, we called the ECM. It was my basement. Uh, Don't ask me why it's called ECM. It just is, all right? And um, it was in my basement. So that's like what the setup I have now, the equipment I have now, you see in videos, that was all in my basement back home, my parents' house now. Um, That was a nice setup in the basement, just low ceilings, but it was a nice setup. And, um, you know, I added to it throughout the years. I really enjoyed um, building that, so I figured maybe I'll make a gym in the future. You know, just generic stuff that you just, you kind of place on yourself, which you don't really know yet. 
what you want to do. Um, but I really enjoyed building that gym up, having people come train. Um, that made me happy. Um, and I look forward to that. I look forward to the sessions. My favorite part, I actually had to, for college, some online classes finish up. I had to drive from New York to Massachusetts once a week. And, you know, normally that would suck, right? About three-something hour drive, I go right to school, that's an hour, come back, and that's an hour, and then I'd leave, come three hours back to New York. That was all, like, within a day. Um, so normally that would suck, but I just looked so much forward to getting back to my home gym, training with my friends, um, that I made that part of me getting home. So I'd get home, and we would train in the morning or in the afternoon, and then I would head back. But I really enjoyed that whole making the best out of a shitty situation, having to travel so much because I got to go home to my home gym and train my friends. So that meant a lot to me. Um, and I enjoyed that stuff. And I would I would kind of be the guy that would um, teach everyone. I would teach my friends how to, to get into proper lifting, do the whole deal there. Um, whether it was more bodybuilding focused or powerlifting at the time, I just enjoyed teaching people. And every time we go to Gold's Gym, I'd be the guy that kind of took my friends uh, under my wing that wanted to learn that stuff and I'd take them through a warm-up routine or you know I show them this or that and I'd coach them through their lifts um, so I just kind of this just naturally gravitated to that and I, I really enjoyed that stuff and it made me feel good after so uh, I knew there was something there but like where do you go from there you know and I'm, I'm telling you I was very shy back then I would I would not be the person um, that would just start talking to random people or anything um, the thought of me even doing a bench clinic back then, I'd be like, shit, I got to talk to like two people plus, <laughs> you know, plus. <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll be, I'll be flipping, but, um, yeah, I was just, you have to break out of that shell and stuff. And, um, but, but man, um, yeah, I didn't like, where do you go from there? You know, it's like, uh, what do I just apply for? gym or jobs at gyms or be a personal trainer that's usually kind of the route so i guess i would just grab books i worked at barnes noble at the time pretty much every job that i had growing up would be janitorial so very opposite of coaching i'd be cleaning <laughs> stuff up <laughs> whether it's working at um you know kennel or a hotel doing housekeeping or barnes and noble doing the janitorial shit you know that was kind of what i did and um everything was just that um so it's like how do you break out of that and and uh you know what i did was um first i tried to make use of my space too i would i what i actually did was i um i trained my friends in like my backyard in the basement you know, charge them not that much at all. Um, you know, they would they would come by, and I I had a few friends who would um, you know pay for some coaching. They'd come over, and um, you know I'd trade them in the backyard. You know, it'd probably be like less than ten bucks, probably like five ten bucks, something like that. And I'd take them through a session and whatnot. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll be doing that. And it was a funny story. I actually had a guy. Um, I forgot, I didn't even know, I probably put out a post on Facebook, I don't even know how he must have found it, but um, this guy from the town over, he just reached out to me one day, forget if it was via Facebook or email or what, and um, he said, hey, I want to come by and train with you guys and whatnot, so I was trying to get this like regular training group together that I was coaching, 
So, <clears throat> this was just like a random dude. I did not know him whatsoever. I don't even think I knew how old he was. <laughs> He's just a guy that wanted to train with us. So, he came by my house. And the funny thing is, you know, you got to go to my basement to get to the gym. And um, so, you know, my parents are home and whatnot, and uh, just random dudes knocking on the door, and he's like, hey, I'm here to train with everyone, <laughs> train with Nick or whatever. And then uh, he just kind of, like, walked down the stairs to my basement, because I always told my parents, they were always kind of, they didn't like, like, people just walking down the stairs, but I would tell people, I'd just be like, just treat it as a separate facility, just come downstairs. <laughs> so I'd tell them, just walk in the front door, walk down the stairs. I wouldn't even greet him at the front door. Like, I, I don't even know if that guy actually talked to anyone. Just a random dude from the town over came down to my basement. <laughs> I'm sure he was probably more nervous thinking back than I was meeting him, meeting a random guy, because this dude just walking into another random dude's basement. Um, I know that would freak me out. But, you know, that was that was kind of what I did back then. Um, anyone that wanted to train and whatnot, so. If you were a little better with technology, you could give him a little key card, a little scanner. Could for my house, yeah. <laughs> give him the keys to the house, everything. So, so uh, we, we got a popular struggle here. Okay. From uh, Heiser Chris. Yeah, we got some things coming in. Let's take a pause for the cause see what we got. And from Forge Barbell, mm-hmm. they both can't find training partners. Like good, reliable. Well, Forge Barbell struggle finding dedicated, motivated, reliable, and knowledgeable training partners that can train at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's difficult, you know? Yeah, that's tough. Um, well, what, what I used to do when I used to tra- train more at commercial gyms, I would end up seeing someone who had like an interest in it and their just form was just way off but they were just really motivated and i trained with them and that's a really good way to get like a beginner to train with you just have another body you know have you little plates and stuff but finding someone experienced and knowledgeable especially when you don't go to a powerlifting gym if you're like into the sport it's, it's going to be difficult yeah that's a good point if you want it depends who you're looking to get as a training partner if you're looking to get an experienced person i could probably coach you along the way too um you're probably gonna have to travel to a different place you're probably gonna have to get out there a little bit and it's gonna require driving probably hours sometimes um i know that was certainly the case with me if i wanted to train with powerlifting people um actually funny story um so after i interned i actually drove out three hours um to John's place, Gagalone Strength, um, three hours that day. Uh, I drove and I stayed the whole morning. I ate breakfast at one place. I ate lunch at another place. Then I went and trained that night, and then I drove home three hours. Um, but you know that was that's just kind of what you do when you're um, when you're serious about training. It was it was meat prep, so you know I had to drive three hours to be around that environment. Uh, people to rap me things like that um and then uh you know i've had to drive an hour usually back home to lightning fitness a great place great place a lot of great lifters strongmen all that matt mills gym and um you know that would be an hour drive for me so you are gonna have to if you want good training partners like that you're gonna have to drive to where they all can conglomerate is that what it is conglomerate something like that they group up together I know uh, Brandon Lowell used to drive three hours multiple times a week just yeah. to find dedicated training partners. What you got to do? I mean, you're real blessed if you're like right next to a good gym like that that you have people around. That's that's a real good blessing because um, it doesn't normally be like that. But the best thing I'd say is groom your own people. You know, get people that are interested in learning, and then you just kind of bring them up. And I've seen that. I've seen that where people come into the gym and they, they have no intentions to do like powerlifting or whatnot, but then they really get into it, surprisingly. And, um, 
You know, that's probably the best way because they can turn into, like, lifelong, really good training partners. I've been through the mill on training partners. The people I train with now are not people I trained with a long time ago. And I've probably rotated through, like, uh, numerous, numerous um, actual groups of, of people that I would train with on a regular basis. Um, so that's just how it goes the longer you're in it the more you kind of get a cycle through people because they don't all stick around you know not everyone's in it for the long haul then also uh early struggles related due to reading body button magazines and getting the programs from there yeah i mean that's that's anyone's early struggles in uh lifting in general yeah i think we're all guilty of that it's like where do i where do i begin like how do i train for powerlifting i remember initially you know i didn't really know what do you do as a powerlifter? Because you wouldn't know, you know what I mean, unless you're around that environment and you just start picking up on things. But yeah, that's gotta be everyone's early struggle. I mean, no one just all of a sudden knows nothing about powerlifting. It's like, all right, perfect program to peak for this meet now. You know, it doesn't happen like that. So that's gonna be anyone's struggle for sure. Um, but yeah, to continue on. Um, so you just heard about how I had some random strangers in my basement. So, that was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually, I uh, applied to a Planet Fitness. And, you know, hearing that now, you guys would probably be like, what? Coach Bennett, Planet Fitness there? Um, but, you know, back in the day, I was pumped as hell um, to get an interview with Planet Fitness because it was like something not that wasn't clean and shit, you know. But then I heard you're going to have to wipe down equipment and stuff like that anyway. But that was fine. <laughs> That was fine because I actually get to coach people to some capacity, um, mostly showing them how to use machines. But whatever, it was something fitness related. And guess what? I actually got rejected from Planet Fitness. They picked someone else. Can you believe that, Elvis? Listen, they picked someone else from me too. I got rejected from Planet Fitness. They got your ass they too. They got me too. God damn it! It be that way sometimes. Freaking Planet Fitness guys can't even get a job. Planet <laughs> Fitness back then. So I'm like, well, shit, I can't get a job plant fitness. What the hell am I doing? You know, but I took every free thing I could, internships. Um, I would just go. I would email um, strength conditioning facilities, be like, hey, can I just, like, sit in and watch what's going on, um, shadow and whatnot? Can I, can I intern for a month? I got a break from school from December to January. I was at a place. Um, with my afternoons and stuff so uh, I literally did everything not getting paid just just being there learning and that's what you got to do um, anyone trying to get into it you gotta just email places call places just you're not gonna get paid you know but you're going to get the experience that you need and you can put that on your resume and you feel the most important thing more than anything you get out of paper is that you gain confidence you start gaining confidence because you can refer back to your experience well these people have been doing it very long very successfully they got a great client list all that i feel confident in my abilities because i see what they do i know this stuff works so you can refer back to that so that's how you start building confidence and that's the most important thing so then when i moved to new york i applied to big owls step up from planet fitness i'd say that's uh what do you what would you call big owls you know big owls it's like a local gym there's a couple of them or something One yeah now. it's like a small local gym it's a uh, small commercial space not a chain at all I mean, it's chainish, but it's like two gyms. One it's gym probably now. one of the bigger, um, like small, like family-owned gyms in the area. Yeah, but commercial. But it's a yeah, commercial. commercial. Yeah. So I applied at Big Al's. Um, it was just a place I knew. 
that someone told me to apply to. So I did. I went in there. I remember the lady. I was nervous. I was super nervous, guys. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the lady was, uh, you know, like, well, how would you teach someone to squat or whatever? She's like, tell me what's wrong with the squat. Um, you know, until she did her squat. And, you know, I should have said, oh, well, probably everything. Because <laughs> I was pretty well versed in training powerlifting then, too. Um but, you know, I told her some things and whatnot. It was real super basic, and she's like, oh, you got the job. But, man, i tell you, that working on a commercial space, no good. No good. I mean, you are um, putting in a lot um, for very, very little. You could never, like, there's maybe one person in there that actually could make a career out of that. Everyone else would have to have other jobs. Really a super side thing. Um, again, just to maybe gain some experience. But, man, um Damn, that's. I remember getting a. Uh, I remember getting a check. Uh, I was after the end of a, a week or two. I think it was the bi-weekly thing. Seventy bucks, Elvis. Whoa. Whole seventy bucks from all that time. <laughs> I was like, shit, this ain't gonna work. It. <laughs> this ain't gonna work out. Yeah, that was. Um, it's mostly making calls and annoying people on treadmills. No, thank you. So we actually have a good question from Forge Barbell. Advice you would give for someone who plans on making a career out of being a strength coach or personal trainer, what to expect in the beginning, and how to turn it into a stable living. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm progressing through, um, but um, I would say do as much as you can off the bat. Um, you're not going to make money for another year or two into it, so it's going to have to purely be probably a side thing. For a good amount of time, you're gonna have to have another um, flow of income, and while you just go out and do these experiences, so that would be the biggest thing. You have to instill confidence, and the only way you're gonna do that is through experiences. So you're going to have to, like I said, email, reach out, call uh, all these places. Literally any college near you, they're gonna have some kind of strength program. They got a weight room. Just ask if you can go down there and shadow or whatnot or intern. Um, you know, internship, you don't have to be in school to intern. You know, you can help out in some capacity. You know, look, they'll probably be happy to get some help. Um, you know, that's that's a case across the board. Anyone's happy to have some help. Um, it's free help. So you just have to reach out, and it's just going to be good experience because you're going to see what goes on, how they're training, this and that. Um, and you have something to refer back to. And that's the most important thing. So it's just doing a lot of free stuff. Everything you can. And if you don't know what you want to do specifically, the best thing I probably did to know I didn't want to do strength conditioning was actually being at a strength conditioning place, Amherst College. Because um, it was like, man, it was like 5-something in the morning I was there before 6 a.m., and he's telling me he don't leave until maybe 7 p.m. So it's a long, long day. A lot of different groups are coming in. You're at the facility, like, all the time. And then the, the thing about that, too, is the higher levels you get. If a coach gets fired, um, sometimes the strength coach goes, too. So, I mean, job security-wise, um, that's a big struggle because if the team isn't winning or the team's getting injured, then now it's on you. Uh, anytime someone gets injured, that's the big thing. If injuries are up, your ass is on the line. So that's like a real cutthroat thing. Like your job security is like very little. Um, so that's, you know, just something I didn't really want to uh, get into after seeing that stuff. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed powerlifting. Um, I enjoyed the training. And what I actually caught myself doing, I got in trouble for this one day, is um, 
because you know I'm I the athletes are in there training. We're supposed to be helping the groups, I guess, but there's other people from the school in there training as well, and um, I just I just thought I would be good and help everyone out. I thought that's what he was doing there is helping kind of everyone out, and I didn't really know. So um, everyone's squatting. I see squatting or something. I'm going up to them and like trying to give them little tips or just try to talk to them so they build some confidence with me. Um, and you know, then I got pulled aside and I, I got a little bit of trouble for for trying to coach the non athletes as well. Um, so, <laughs> but I just I saw them squatting, so I was pumped. It was way cooler than the little like Bulgarian split squat thing that was going on over there. The weird kettlebell holding shit. They were walking around with the kettlebells and stuff. Um, that interest that uh, the training didn't really interest me as much. You know, they're outside with the uh, tennis balls and shit and running around the track and stuff and doing. Um, the crawls, bear crawls, stuff like that. Um, you know, I understand all that, but it's like, I just want to see a good old heavy squat. You know what I mean? So I like to, I get amped to see the squats. So that's why I knew I wanted to gravitate to the powerlifting thing. And then being able to uh, intern at Gaglio and Strength and everything, just that the, being able to work with powerlifters and just the people that were there at the time, real, real hardcore training. Um, I was lucky I was there when I was because it was, you know, those guys, um, you know, I owe a lot to that whole early training group because, um, you know, some of the collection of some of the best lifters, uh, you could be around different personalities. Um, it was just a really good environment. I, I just, I look back in those times, probably the most fun I had training. Um, that was, that was a good time. And I knew off that. I was like, man, I want to just find a way to just work with these people all the time. That would be freaking awesome. So, you know, we go down the line, and then I start this thing called Big Benches. And, uh, you know, with the name, you know, when you think of a name, I think the the last name and putting uh, fitness or strength after it gets a little overplayed now. And, uh, you know, I think it's something good to have when it disassociates from you personally. I think that's a valuable thing. So if you're thinking of a name, um, yeah, scroll that up there. Yeah, scroll this all the way down. I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah, I would, I would, if you're gonna start something, your own thing, I would keep it away from your name. All right. So I started this big benches thing because I majority, I really wanted to help people with the bench press. I thought I had something good to offer there. It was one of my best lifts, right? And um, you know, everyone always kind of commented that I have a Boston accent, so. I, I put the big benches, you know, kind of like a Boston accent kind of thing. Um, and that's because, you know, you can't say big benches because that's probably taken. I don't even think that. You probably couldn't even get that website. So I made that. And at first, you're not going to have any, any followers, any viewers, nothing like that. You know, I probably didn't have any lifters of my own to coach until after a whole entire year. So that just goes to show you it's going to be, it's going to take a long, long time. Right, you're not going to immediately have people to to coach and train. Um, you just got to put out information, right? Put out information, get people better for free, and then you know eventually um, you'll make a business out of it. But you got to do a lot of just sharing good info, all right? And you know, this, at first it's a big mental struggle because it's like oh, I'm putting in all this work. After my main job, you know, so I'm, I'm fighting for time here, and I'm putting out all this stuff, and nothing's coming out of it. I don't think anyone's reading my articles. I don't think anyone's looking at this stuff. So it's really tough for a long time. 
Um, but you know, if you're putting out something of value, you know it's valuable, eventually some people are going to get eyes on it. You're going to have to repurpose the same um, content and things you're saying over and over and over. Um, and you can't shy away from that. I think a lot of people, too, they don't like to share the same thing over and over. They try to do something different every time. But a lot of it, guys, is just saying the same thing over and over in different ways, and different people will see it each time, and it kind of builds upon itself. Because I know a lot, that's like for early on, people don't want to share the same thing over and over. But that's what it is. You know, there's only so much good info. Um, you know, training's pretty simplistic. You know what I mean? There's there's a way, good way to do things. And, and like for bench press, you know how many times I'd have to share the same concept over and over? Well, we've been doing video three years, doing videos now. And uh, it's it's the same stuff, guys. Just look at the, the early ones I did. It's, this, it's all good info. It's just as good info. You know, I think some of my early vids are some of the, the best comprehensive stuff I got there. You know, I started having to piece it down a little bit. So if you want to check out some really good um, content, check out the early vids. They're just as good. Sound quality is not as good. John Elvis filming, so you get some weird shit, but good I, content. I think what people try to do in the beginning is they learn so many things, and they want to express it to show how smart they are. And, like, th that's the mistake they're making because you're not teaching other strength coaches, you're teaching general people. And you need to bring it down to their level for them to understand and be able to digest and actually use it in their everyday training. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you um, you overcomplicate it a little bit. And people want a nice simplistic approach. You know, you see that. I see that all the time. People, um, fancy words, fancy training thoughts and whatnot. And when people just need to know, maybe they got to tuck their shoulders on the bench, and they has got to be shown that. You know, something super simple. Well, when I go through commercial gyms and I see the trainer giving out the anatomical terms to, like, their clients, <laughs> it's like, dude's, like, 45, you know, just got overweight, just needs to, like, move a little bit. Gets way too complicated. Way too complex. Shit's simple, guys. Shit's simple. But, you know, over time... You build, you build, you build, and you, you start hitting these little things along the way. You're like, wow, people want me to come and talk to them, and it's cool. And, um, you know, you just kind of build from there. So that's uh, the best advice I could give you is you need early on, you just need that experience. So you're doing everything for free, reaching out, just getting that experience. But, yeah, I'll tell you, it came a long way, though, from uh, – Training the people as strangers in my basement, I'll tell you that much. You also, <laughs> also had another question. My Instagram mm -hmm. pooped out on me, but uh, it was about someone who was transitioning into multiply. Yeah, do you think raw and equipped training could complement each other? There we go. Because um, he yes. wants to get into multiply, but he wants to get stronger first raw. Yeah, yes and no. I think um, having a good raw base is going to help your equipped training, but I don't necessarily think getting really good at your equip training is going to help your raw much if anything probably just with handling the heavier loads you're more accommodated to that but if you were to stop i mean you kind of you're not going to have that anymore either so um like i remember i just did that training cycle raw eight weeks and um you know over the course of that i mean i doing a heavy hold of 465 felt pretty heavy as shit off the bat 
you know, even though I've had 800 pounds and stuff in my hands, um, if you don't do that often, then you kind of lose that. But um, that would be the only thing I really see it translating good to because it is a different groove. Um, you know, like for a squat suit, you got to sit back in the suit. Um, so I don't really think that equipped lifting is really going to translate well to your raw. Um, maybe in some ways, like if you wear light briefs, it spares your hips a bit. So there's some things like that. You know, obviously it's very joint sparing. Maybe you can do some of your training majority time with light gear and then, um, and then go in like raw before the meet, something like that. But overall, if you get strong raw, that's going to benefit everything. It's just I'd actually consider raw training to be um, a little bit more dangerous. So, because now all that weight's going through your joints and whatnot. So, yeah, that, I get back to like training aspects real quick. Um, you know, if you're new to powerlifting, you know, you don't have any lifting friends yet. You know what I mean? You have to start through meets and stuff like that you can't be sad to sign up for a meet if you want to do powerlifting sign up for meet best thing you're going to do because you're going to start meeting people and then you're going to start they'll be like hey i live over here oh i train at this place and then you start connecting and whatnot uh, i actually met a lot of my current friends from meets and stuff uh i don't remember anyone from your first meet i uh yeah there was like the bodybuilding bros it was they have like a whole youtube channel for a while. It's like Harry and Frank uh, Centeno. Oh, yeah? yeah? And then you probably got into YouTube, and then, you know, yeah. it went from there. I, I learned some more training stuff from there. It was good. Yeah, so that's what you got to do, guys. You can't be... I think a lot of people, too, nowadays, they're almost afraid to go out to the meets as well. Um, and I know a lot of local gyms are hosting their own things that are unsanctioned and whatnot, too. Um, but, you know, if we want powerlifting to keep going, you got to keep supporting... Um, the feds and whatnot. So. I reconnected with a bunch of friends who I didn't even know continued lifting too. From meets? Yeah, from meets. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's what you got to do. You get out there because there's never a meet where I don't like kind of talk to someone new. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, every time. So every time you're doing a meet, you're, you're gaining more friends and stuff, and it accumulates from there. You meet people at different places, you go to train at different gyms. Like, now I know all these different places. I got, like, this network in my head of all these different gyms and stuff um, that I would have never had before, but it just kind of accumulated over the years. And, and I could go out and train, oh, I'll train with this, oh, I'm, like, training with this person, that person, um, you know what I mean? So it just kind of builds from there. Um, so that's what you got to do starting out. And like I said, I wish it was reversed. I wish that... It was harder at first and then became easier because that would make good sense, you know, early on. That would help someone early on. Um, you're just trying to find an easy way to bench a nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you're, you're 200 to 300 is going to be really freaking hard, but 300 to 400 is going to be a little easier. <laughs> Uh, it would make it would make sense to me, but four hundred to five hundred is going to take two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, from from a beginner standpoint, it'll at least get your mind ready because the things are going to get really really tough. Um, I remember probably the the toughest thing for me. I would make continual progress. I got stuck at three fifteen bench for a long ass time. It was like well, probably a year or so. And uh, it's just frustrating because you go in there every time and then you're like, well, shit, I ain't even making progress here for a freaking year, guys. That's a long time. And then, uh, you know, that was that was really tough at first. Um, 
but you know we got get through it you learn different pieces of the puzzle you put it together um hit 440 raw a couple of weeks ago and man you told me back then i'll be hitting 440 raw i'll be like oh shit that's a lot of weight there's <laughs> three plates it all seemed like a lot of weight back then but you know just builds upon itself um but yeah you had you have any big plateaus you had a breakthrough i i was stuck well there's there's a plateau i'm hoping to break by next week i've never hit like a above a 400 pound squat Got big ass knees, never even squatted four. Yeah. And then uh, for about eight months, that's my longest deadlift plateau. Stuck at four fifty five. Four fifty five. For like eight months. Deadlift. Yep. Well, you hit that five hundred, you broke out of that. Oh yeah. Try to get our live back up. I uh, I was actually some pretty fortunate when I wanted to start powerlifting. I found Paul Carter. Mm-hmm. So I read all his articles, bought his books, and everything. So. His uh, strong 15, I used that for my first powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. And, like, my training numbers went well. I I botched execution on meet day, but that was a great program. I've used that program before, and it worked great every time I've used it. It's a phenomenal program. But I guess that's what you got to do. You got to, um, you know, you just got to find the right people and whatnot. Uh, I was fortunate to, uh, you know, like, intern at Gaglion Strength and meet those people I trained with and um, Morgan Mitchell who really got me amped about powerlifting, Morgan Mitchell. Um, I would help out the kids at the high school back home, and that was a lot of fun. High school is probably my favorite people to work with, the high school is there. Because, um, you know, they grow so fast, so they get strong quick, and they just, it's a good developmental stage. And that's the time when they got to learn how to lift properly, too. So you feel like you're making a big impact. You know, they're like right at the, the peak of, you know, getting into college and whatnot and stuff like that and really furthering their career. And it's nice to play a role and see them go on to further things, too. Um, and then, you know, everyone remembers, like, high school coaches, right? Oh, yeah. You just, you just do. resonates with you. High school is also your last, um, your last chance to really change how someone moves throughout their, like, young adult life. Yeah, which the kids are moving like shit today. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know the difference between, like, someone who's, like, 35 and, like, used to play sports and was active versus someone who like never done anything and just they don't even know where they're moving yeah that's a good point uh the kids are playing sports are much better off later on um it's just a good developmental time and um you know some act out some act out it can be a pain in the ass uh some of the kids are really good um and you know some are really shy you just got a lot of personalities too because they haven't really developed their personalities yet either it's like, uh, you know, I'm really into wrestling, so it's like your early developmental of your character. So your character's not ready to take out to the ring yet. You know, you can't cut a promo, but <laughs> <laughs> you're developing your character. You're starting to learn things about yourself and what you value and stuff like that. So I think that's a cool age. Um, I remember in high school, I was that probably a shit show. I'm a big fan of college-age individuals because you know, you're a little older, a little more mature, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are just starting barbell training for the first time then. Yeah, some you, are. You know, I, I love working with them because they, they see changes so fast and they're a little more mature than high schoolers, you know. Not by much, but just a little extra bit really helps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and then you go even a step lower and you get middle schoolers. And, man, I mean, you're kind of lucky sometimes they talk to you. A lot of them are shy at that age. And, um, 
you know that that's uh they they really have some difficulties there it's got to be basic shit you can't really teach advanced concepts at that age i find like they just not gonna really connect well you just gotta get them in good position you'll coach someone in middle school and they won't say a word to you but to their parents later they'll talk about how much fun they had yeah yeah it, it's absolutely crazy they just they're too shy they're too nervous they won't express it to you directly but they're super yeah. appreciative oh yeah uh i can see that um I remember training uh, or interning at, it was uh, Mike Boyle's, uh, it was one of the little facilities, MSBC Live or whatever the hell, um, and Thrive or whatever the hell they call it. It was one of those gyms, and then we had a lot of middle schools come in, and, you know, we we get some serious training in, but then at the end of it, it was like we were playing uh, soccer and stuff on the turf, just basketball going on. It was more just playing, too, which I think was really cool, real important, is that they just learned to play. Um, you know, because if they're at home, they're probably going to play video games and stuff like that. They're probably not going to be outside playing now. But, um, you know, they had a chance to at least play. And I think that's more important than any training things you could do is just learning to play and move and, um, you know, do sports and stuff. That's that's what you really need to learn at that age. It's not really um, perfecting your squat or anything that helps, but you gotta just you gotta play and move around on your own and learn that shit. So, yeah, guys. Um, so I mean that some of the early struggles is you know we all go through them at first and training. Um, you know I sure had my fair share of plateaus, but you know the best thing if I left you with a few things. Get with the right people, right? Don't be afraid to do a meet. Put yourself out there for the first time because you're going to meet someone. It's going to happen. Um, but, you know, even if you search on Instagram or something, just get someone to help you off the bat. Yeah, you're coming from nowhere. It's really going to pay off. Um, learn, learn, and learn as much as you can, right? Read books, watch videos, this and that. Um, you just, everything, open book. You can learn from everyone. There's no one you can't learn from. I mean, even if they're not a great lifter, you can take this and that away of things that they might do well. Um, you, you might even learn, learn from their mistakes. That'll just yeah, save you trouble. That too. That too. Uh, you can always learn from anyone, really. I, that's what, Early on, that was probably the biggest thing for me. Is I was be watching all the guys, and you know, even people that I like bench more to, I was like, "Oh, why are you doing that?" Because I would notice something different, and then uh, you know, I just keep asking questions, and I make it a point to always kind of observe and ask questions of everything, um, and I'll just try new things. I wouldn't be opposed to trying things. I think people get caught up in their own kind of bubble of doing things, and they don't want to try things either. Um, but you know, even if someone teaches you something, you don't have to do it later. You know, I go to a seminar and someone tells me I look like complete shit and, and gives me something and I don't like it really. And I try it for some time and I still don't like it. I don't have to use it. But, you know, I learned something new. And I learned that don't work for me. But I learned also maybe that works for someone else. Why does it work for them and not me? And you figure that shit out. And then, of course, reaching out. You know, if you send someone a message, they're going to reply. Not everyone is a big dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> um... You know, if people message me, I don't have any messages sitting around in my inbox. I'll try to get back to everyone or tell them I'll get back to them. Um, and, you know, that's the case with most people. They're going to get back to you, and you can ask a simple question, and people are happy to help you out. So um, reaching out is really, really important. Um, and don't be afraid to do that because I'm really bad at that myself. I don't, 
These are just people right now I could probably reach out to and learn from too. Um, and I'm just not really good at um, networking, connecting type stuff. And, you know, something I'm trying to improve. I could get better at that. But, um, you know, early on, that's what I'm going to be most valuable is you reach out to people. And it comes down to learning and stuff like that. So, And also, the more specific someone's avenue is, usually the more open they are to sharing and teaching you things. Like, if you want to talk to a general fitness coach on Instagram that has, like, 3 million followers, you're probably not going to get a reply. But if you talk to a powerlifting coach, very specific, a lot of them are friendly. A lot of them just want to help in general because they got into just powerlifting coaching because they love the sport themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're more than often happy to help. Yeah, good point. So there you go, guys. Um, and appreciate everyone tuning in. We had a little bit of technical difficulty through the course of this. Not sure why. Probably Wi-Fi thing. I, I think the Graham just wants to shut us down, but we went out. I don't know. The man, down. the man shut us down, and you know, whatever. But thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate that. Um, we're gonna go on iTunes, leave a nice review there. Uh, always appreciate that. Um, you know, if you get anything out of this, that's the way you can re- repay the favor. Um, is just leave a nice review, and and that's the best thing you can do for us. Um, but appreciate you tuning in. And again, if you want to shoot me a message, wherever, Facebook, Instagram, you can email me, CoachBen at BigBenses.com. If there's ever a topic you'd like us to talk about, just let us know and we will talk about it. Um, also, I'm going to be doing uh, this new thing. Let's get some promo stuff out of the way, guys. The belt is on the line. September 14th, Newark, New Jersey. Sword of Damocles. The belt is on the line. We got a bench belt, deadlift belt, total overall champion. The belts are on the line, guys. If you think you can come unite the belts, come on out to Newark, New Jersey, September 14th. Sword of Damocles. This is RPSPowerlifting.com. Go sign up now. I'll be benching. Uh, small arm, big ass knees. He'll be doing something. Something. He'll be doing something. <laughs> it's going to be a good time, guys. We got the, ben- the, be- the belts are on the line. Um, really nice looking belts here. We're going to cut a promo today. But uh, I want you out at that meet. We're going to have a freaking great time. So, rpspowerlifting.com. Go sign up there. You're going to bench with us. Um, we're going to do a little bit of deadlifting and get freaky. You're going to see me get to my little my skimpies there, and I'm going to freaking deadlift some weight. So. That is to be seen, but... Yeah, you might have saw a picture circulating around the interwebs there a little bit. I was in my skimpy's deadlift in there, uh, getting back into the suit and whatnot. So it's going to be a good time, guys. You're going to want to come out to that. And uh, that's rpspowerlifting.com. Uh, Sword of Damocles, September 14th. All right. And then also, I'm going to start this new thing now where if you, you send me in some videos on uh, Instagram. You know, send over some videos, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, do a longer um, kind of breakdown and recap on YouTube. So I'm going to, you might have seen in the past on Instagram, I've done quick clips, uh, 60 seconds or less, on uh, just some technical aspects someone could work on. Well, if you send me a video, I want to do a few. Not everyone's going to be able to get in on it because I'm, I'm not going to do it super regularly, but you know, once a week, I'm going to try to uh, recap an entire video, give some people some pointers and this and that. Um, but throw it all up on YouTube for you um, so you can see some different breakdown stuff and ways that maybe you uh, can relate to someone and get better um, through what I share there. So um, you're going to start doing that. 
Yeah, if you want to get on on that, just uh, DM me a video and, and say uh, YouTube review, and uh, I will get to those. Again, I can't get to everyone. I'll make a post about it in a story later, but um, if you send that over to me, I'm going to try to do my best to eventually recap it. I'll kind of have to make a cue and all that to get through, but uh, I want to make sure that we're... Uh, we're getting everyone, but I sharing good content out there on how to get better. So that's something new we're going to be doing, so stay tuned for that. Uh, appreciate everyone listening today. This has been uh, the Benchcast.